0: Welcome to Voices from the Bench, a dental laboratory podcast. Send us an email at info at voicesfromthebench.com or look for us on Facebook at Voices from the Bench. Greetings and welcome to episode number 23 of Voices from the Bench. My name is Elvis Dahl from Summer Dental Laboratories in Zionsville, Indiana. And
1: I'm his co-host, Barbara Wogen from Night Dental Group, Oldsmar, Florida. And if Elvis is sounding a little different today, he has a cold.
0: I have a cold.
1: I'm thinking he needs more vitamin C and boost his immune system up a little bit because he keeps getting sick.
0: Just yeah. saying.
1: I'm not married to you, so that's just my my two
0: cents. I appreciate that. <laughs> Last weekend the big race. Yes. Yeah. So how was it? How did you do? It was fantastic.
1: And I enjoyed every single second of it. I came in top five, fifth place out of about 55 women and 91st out of about 1200 overall. So that's great. I was excited. Last year I came in eighth place. So I moved up three spots. So Anytime I can do better than last year I'm happy with.
0: We were able to keep up with you swimming and then we lost you because there was yeah. like a bazillion people downtown Chicago during this thing and your swim was amazing. I must yeah, say. It was you look like you knew what you were doing. I
1: trained hard. My husband watched the video and was like, You have a horrible stroke and you your left hand went over the? and I'm like, Well, maybe you wanna train me before I got in freaking Lake Michigan and froze my ass <laughs> off half a mile. But I made it. I enjoyed it, so thank you for the for the compliment.
0: I hope you appreciate how hard it was for us spectators to stand out there all day and watch you in that heat. Oh,
1: I'm sure. Yeah.
0: I honestly think we should have got medals, too.
1: <laughs> Especially in what you were wearing. Yes! What would you have called that, Mr. Spectator?
0: Well, in order to blend in with the crowd, every day I had a different onesie pajama suit on. Let's just leave it vague and tell everyone, go over to our Facebook page, Voices from the Bench. Like our page and check out our photos. We got some great photos of uh, people in our industry really supporting the triathlon and video of Barb swimming. I did not get her finishing because, like I said, there was a bazillion people
1: Aww. there. I, I'll send you it. I have it. I'll send it to you.
0: Oh, well, then that might be up there by the time people uh, hear this episode. So
1: my question is, yeah? why the hell do you have a blue jammy and a yellow jammy?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Those were purchased for previous Halloweens okay. for parties with the wife
1: okay and you definitely stood out in the crowd and i appreciated uh, your support <laughs> so thank you but yeah there's a bunch of pictures Absolutely. of elvis and i in all of our events we had a really good time raising money for our industry and everybody had the voices of the bench shirts on that they had bought which thank you everybody
0: it, it was awesome totally everybody raised almost 95 thousand dollars with They're this sweet. race and that that's impressive that's pretty yeah cool.
1: because it so. goes back to our industry and all of the people that want to get their CDT exams or they want to go to COIS or, you know, there's so many grants that they can go and apply for that hopefully they, they know about and that money goes to, to that. It's a win for our industry.
0: Absolutely. So this week we start part one of an interview that shows you that there are passionate people all over our industry. We are joined by Bridget Boudreau, CDT, who was also at the triathlon last Yay! weekend. She raced on her bike for the Aspen team, did a great job. And Dr. Anita Anamanaway. Sorry if I butchered her name. I also do it in the interview. You did well. Yeah, I think I got it. I think I got it. I know that Aspen is thought of in our industry as big corporates. And it's a doctor that has a technician in their office and other labs can't get their work. But these two that we interview have so much passion for what they do and the patients that they serve that you can't help but think of Aspen in a better light after hearing it. They have technicians do what we all do, provide quality restorations to patients.
1: Yes, and they're amazing. Night Dental, uh, we have a lot of Aspen clients, and they are amazing. So let's change that perception, because that's really all it is.
0: Yeah, they also give a lot back to our industry. They were big sponsors of the Race to the Future, and they support our industry a lot. So let's get right to it. Part one, Bridget and Anita. Voices from the Bench. The Interview. I'd like to welcome everybody to Voices from the Bench. Today, we have two individuals from the Aspen Dental Management Incorporated. Bridget Boudreau. Boudreau.
1: Boudreau. (laughs)
2: Boudreau. Thank you.
0: Bridget. Say it one more time. No, I'm I'm fine. (laughs) Uh, I have Bridget and uh, (laughs) Dr. Amadewani. Yes, you got got
3: it. Well done.
0: Thank you. All right. Thanks, everybody. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) So Bridget sent me an email a couple months ago wanting to talk about what Aspen does in our dental laboratory community. Aspen's kind of known, kind of outside of us. Uh, I don't know how to put Mm -hmm. it. They're more corporate than a lot of laboratories that you see participating in in conventions and meetings and on the NADL. But you know, actually, Aspen does a lot of work. They Mm -hmm. provide a service a lot of us can't do. And what I also want to touch upon at some point in this conversation is how much Aspen gives back to our industry. So let's get started. Bridget, how did you end up in the dental laboratory business?
2: I started in this industry when I was 27. I was actually working at an international elevator company, which sounds really exciting, but it wasn't. It has its up and <laughs> ups and downs. Yeah. I've never heard that before. Oh. <laughs> good one, good yeah, one. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yes, yes, but mostly downs for me. No, it was actually a really fun job. But when I was doing that, I just felt kind of uninspired, and so one day I just happened upon a job posting for a dental lab technician. I had never heard of the career. It was completely outside of my realm. So actually the lab that I applied to, I knew ahead of time that they did IQ testing and they did chalk carving tests. So I had been out of college for a while. I bought some IQ test books and I bought some chalk and I prepped myself because I wanted that job so bad. I just thought it sounded awesome. And I was like, this is what I was meant to do. So thankfully I pulled it off and I've been doing it ever since, I love it.
0: But that wasn't Aspen where you started.
2: No, that was not Aspen. That was another lab that's local here that has about somewhere around 200 lab techs. So it's a pretty big lab, yeah, big lab.
0: What did you start doing at that lab? What was your first position?
2: So what I did while I was there, pretty much the whole time, I was in removables. So I uh, was—that's where I got all my training was through that lab. They had a really great training program. What I did is I fabricated bite blocks and custom trays, and I did all of the waxing for all of the removable products. They really did uh, things—I guess you'd call it piecemeal, where things would kind of flow through, and somebody would do the setup, somebody would do the wax up, and down the line. So I kind of dabbled here and there in all of it, but mostly I just waxed cases all day long
0: and how long did you do that
2: I did that for I left at one point to have my daughter so I left for about 10 months at that point but then I came back so about a total of something like four years
0: and then you went to Aspen.
2: then I left to have my son so I took a break then as well and then after that I came to Aspen yes and the thing that I that drew me to Aspen at that point Was I was so excited to learn the full process. Like I say, I was a waxer at the other lab and I love still that's probably my favorite part of the process, but Getting to learn to fabricate a denture from start to finish is not something at least around here that really exists a whole lot. So discovering that with Aspen was like, holy cow, I could come here and that just seemed like such an opportunity to me. So I'm really glad I jumped on it. And it's, it's been really fun.
1: What was the training like going through that with Aspen? Did they train you on everything?
2: They do. So the way that it works, they have basically some protocols, you get, you know, some manuals and things like that, there's a little bit of video training, but most of it happens, essentially, you get paired up with a trainer. So it's kind of a mentorship. And so the trainer that I trained with had something like 25 years of experience. So he was able to very quickly and efficiently teach me the whole process. And of course, you know, starting out, you're, there's really no practice case. You're right away working on live cases, which I think is,
3: yes, which I think is
2: really awesome. A lot of pressure, but I kind of think that's the best way to learn. For me, that's the best way to learn. I agree. So yeah. And every case, of course, he would check before it got put out to the patient. That's essentially how we do it. I know there's a new training program that's going to be unrolled pretty soon. I don't know a whole lot about it. That'll kind of Make things a little more consistent. There's a little more video involvement there, but it's still going to be the same way, though, where a trainee is paired up with a trainer and kind of taken through the ropes.
1: I like that. Awesome.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, I know. uh, We have training models that people can try out on, and it's for fixed, but they have these most perfect margins that you exactly. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yes, I, mean, I could probably even do that. but uh, <laughs> right. they're not meant for training everyday work. I think it's exactly, great. I think exactly. It's
2: great. I know. In theory, exactly to do a few cases like that, but that's so outside of reality that you really do just need to see the real deal to get to really understand.
0: You start yeah. from very start to finish, mm-hmm. and yes. you're the only tech at that location. Correct. Or are there, Wow!
2: Correct. Unless you've got a trainee. I mean, occasionally you'll come across an office that may have two technicians. Two is really the maximum that you'll find, but generally it's just going to be one technician.
1: Yes. So and has- are they all um, removable technicians only right now employed by Aspen? Yes. Yep you got it. I've lost several employees to, um, to Aspen, and they've all been removable. So,
2: Yes, exactly. We outsource all of our crown and bridge stuff, as well as our uh, metal frameworks and our valplast, anything valplast goes out, but all the other, like, acrylic work is done here.
1: So, what's your average day look like? So, are you at the, um, do you actually go and see the patients? Do you do repairs? Oh, everything. Yes, both of
2: those and and then much more. Yes, Mm -hmm. so we have a really great scheduler system that we use, but thankfully it's pretty flexible. So generally what I do, the computer will have like all the cases that need to get done that day according to the patient's next appointment. So everything is very flexible, you know, depending on how soon the patient needs to come in next. Mm -hmm. Um, So you kind of can balance that out the way I personally do it is I do it in batches. I'll take my day's schedule and pull all say like the bite blocks together so I can work as efficiently as I can put all the, like cases with like cases, essentially. And that then frees me up to do things that come in that day. Let's say a patient breaks their denture or a tooth pops out or something. We need to do a reline. Any of those are just same day. You just kind of fit those in and turn those around as quickly as you can for the patient. We don't want them to go without. So we try to be very flexible with that. And then also to go chair side. Yeah. Anytime the doctor is having any kind of an issue, if they just want to want me to see something that's anatomically Unique mm-hmm. that's going to mm-hmm. impact the case they'll pull me in if a patient has a very specific request, um, really anything i I love that's the highlight of the job for me is getting pulled yeah aside. yeah I that's was really. Say it's very meaningful for me. And you get to hear the patient's stories. You really, it becomes way more than just, you know, not just even uh, fabricating a denture, fabricating any kind of dental appliance is very gratifying, no matter what, but to actually meet them. Also, just to explain to them what we do. So many patients have no idea what a lab technician is. They have no concept of where that denture is coming from. So to kind of paint that picture for them a little bit, put a little bit of a human touch to that, I think is really helpful for them as well. And then if it doesn't come out perfectly too, which usually it does, yeah, of <laughs> right, of yes, right. <laughs> um, but the very occasional time it doesn't, I feel like they also are just more understanding. They have a sense mm-hmm. of like, oh, I know that you really tried on this yeah. and I can really mm-hmm. convey that to them that like, you know, we make mistakes, but we absolutely have your best intention at heart when we do this
0: or they know what you look like and they can hunt you down if they don't like <laughs> that, it, so. that
2: too that too yeah. yes,
0: yes. Just, thankfully that hasn't
2: much. happened yet but <laughs> to, know.
0: <laughs> so yeah. how many dentures do you think you make a day
2: we get asked that a lot that's one of the things that that made me want to talk to you guys about Aspen is that we aren't, unlike a lot of the big DSOs, we do not generally turn around dentures the same day. We can. If a patient's really in pain, that's a possibility. We do that when we have to and when the circumstance calls for it. But generally, we just go through steps. So generally, you know, we're going to do the bite block, let's say on a Monday, and then we'll do that same patient's try-in on Wednesday. And so every day is... Yeah, it's just a cycle of the different steps. All your patients that you have will be at a different step in the process. So you're just kind of going through all those steps. But generally, just to share too, we do in in the territory that I'm in, we do an average of 46 dentures per office per month. So that's okay. kind of that's kind of where we're at.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't realize you guys went through all the steps. I thought you'd knock them out while you had the patient there, but that's interesting.
2: We we can. And depending on our schedule, that's what's nice too. It's just very flexible. If we have openings, we'll turn it around as fast as we can. But if we don't, then they'll, you know, kind of go next in line and we'll, again, we try to be very flexible depending on the patient's needs. If they're in pain Mm -hmm. or if they have a wedding coming up this weekend, you know, something like that. Yeah. And that's what's great, too, is we can kind of move things around as we need to, try to accommodate all of our patients as they need.
0: Yes, the famous wedding in two days out of the country.
3: <laughs> <You got laughs> in well the got army <laughs>
0: with my mother <laughs> that has cancer. Yeah, I know.
3: Yes, yes yeah, exactly.
0: that's hilarious. Excellent. <laughs>
3: yes. Excellent. It just goes to show how patient-centric we are in our organization. Yes. Just like... Bridget just mentioned, you know, we want to try to optimize on their care as much as possible. And, you know, the fact that we do have an office lab, so someone like Bridget coming out and sharing with a patient, I'm going to do everything possible to help get you taken care of working with the doctor and the rest of the team. It brings a sense of comfort to our patients and level of satisfaction as well. Mm
0: -hmm. I agree. Uh, The few times we send a technician to be chairside, those patients love it. And yes. I can only imagine you guys get to provide that every day. And I think it's wonderful. Exactly.
2: Yes, exactly. Awesome. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so many patients do come in with so many fears, so many mm-hmm. fears that the more we can reassure them and, you know, they have a face to go with all the steps. I just feel like if I were the patient, that's, that's what I would want. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly.
0: That's yeah. awesome. Uh, Dr. Anita <laughs> on <me> <laughs> <time. laughs>
3: That was good, Elvis. I don't was, think it that was. was <laughs> that was close. Was it, you
0: I went you for, about, that was really close. You were just just yeah, you were almost there. It was good. I, I went for enthusiasm over. <laughs> I figured I'd get them with kindness.
3: Well, you know what? When when Jumanji first came out, I tell you what, my name sounded like it was we were going on a safari. Seriously. <laughs>
0: everybody said Jumanji. <laughs>
3: They started adding all kinds of letters to my name, so you know what—that right. was close, though. Elvis, I'm <laughs> points on that.
0: Well, I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, tell
0: us, how did you get started? Obviously, you're a dentist.
3: I am a dentist. I am, and I practice for almost 10 years now, um, mostly in Texas. And I was at a point where I said, you know what? I'm ready for a change, a new scenery. Um, I had been in my previous life also a dental director for an organization here, a nonprofit organization in Texas, supporting 18 offices. And I was also a resident supervisor for NYU AGD, and, and I was ready for a different scenery. And so I saw Aspen as a great opportunity just because it is a large dental service organization. And it's almost like the sky's not even the limit when you come in as a practitioner. You come in and, you know, we work with the doctors to establish their career journey with Aspen. Where do you want to be in the next year, five years, 10 years? And, you know, many doctors, there's the vision of becoming a practice owner. Um, For some, it's I want to shape in my clinical skills. Or for others, it's I hope that I can become something like a dental director someday. So for me, coming into Aspen, it was more of I want to help grow a practice that um, at that time, it needed a, a stable dentist, and the patients really needed that continuity of care with the hopes of someday coming into this role. So it actually worked out very beautifully, and I feel blessed and honored to, to be a director of clinical support as well as a director of charitable giving.
0: So do you still get to practice clinically?
3: So I practice with limits, um, and that's more so in if I'm, you know, supporting the, the mouth mobile, or now that I'll be going abroad for our outreach program in Jamaica, I'll definitely be providing services there.
0: What exactly does a director of clinical services and charitable giving do?
3: <laughs> I like how you said that. <laughs> so essentially, so I'll, I'll, I'll make it very simple. So I essentially went from a tooth fairy to a dental guardian angel. Nice. I like <laughs> that. Right, right, right. So, yeah. um, so I traded, I traded the white coat for some wings. Um, but essentially, <laughs> what <that> means, <laughs> essentially what that means is that I am a resource hub for, for doctors that I support in their offices. Right now I'm aligned with um, Texas and Louisiana. And so going into those Aspen dental branded offices and being a, a coach to the doctors, helping them through, how to be a stronger leader or shaping their clinical skills by providing resources via C courses or study clubs, Um, how to work with your team and develop your team. But most importantly is having a strong patient experience. And what does that look like? What does that feel like? And coaching to that. Um, And it's it's been a great opportunity. I love each and every day of it. It's definitely an adventure and it keeps me on my toes. It requires travel obviously to support these doctors in their offices. Um, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. This is this is one of those visions that I had for myself earlier on in my dental career. So it's been great. Talk
1: about how Aspen gives back to Aspen and how you guys do a lot of coaching and teaching and giving back. And I really think that uh, it's amazing to the whole corporation on how they feel about the patients and their doctors and the level of care um, you know that they want to give to both. So I think that's amazing. Elvis and I, both into giving back as well, uh, for sure, in the in the Dental Laboratory Association, but um, a lot of respect for you. That's awesome.
3: Yeah, it's all kudos to the doctors and the teams, honestly. I mean, they're who make up our large network, uh, you know, our organization, and it's because, and this is why I have so much pride, and I just, I love Aspen so much because they believe in their people. Mm-hmm. If, if someone has a vision, you know, and it could be, yeah be someone like a dental assistant and they're like, oh, you know, I I really want to be able to do this. Then they'll afford that opportunity and help them through their career journey to be there. Or if it's an idea like, hey, have we ever thought or considered um, providing uh, free services for the individuals in this country? Because I know of this organization that's doing just that and they're aligned with our mission, vision, and values. Then it's definitely going to be something that's heard. And so for our doctors and our teams that have wanted to give back in a special way and, tr- and we're trying to figure out how we could do that. That was the inception of the Healthy Mouth Movement is being able to break down those barriers to care um, in, those, in those communities where, you know, they're federally deemed dental shortage areas, which means there's not enough dentists to provide services to those individuals. And if you think about, you know, just last year, over 150 million Americans didn't go to the dentist last year because of yeah. barriers to care and how we, through our Healthy Mouth movement, have been able to break down those barriers to care is absolutely astonishing. And not just through our outreach programs, which is what I support through the charitable giving, also in the offices day to day. It is just amazing. Right now we have 675 offices in 37 states, and the vision and the mission is to break down barriers to care to to help better lives. Mm And that's breaking down barriers to care, those barriers that we think of as fear, obviously, costs, lack of insurance, even location. Mm And what is many of our offices are in areas where, again, they are deemed dental shortage areas. And breaking down those barriers so that it's through convenient locations, or like Bridget mentioned, we have the on site labs, even extending our hours to capture more of those individuals who may be working or childcare or whatnot so that they can be afforded opportunities to seek care. And then we accept most dental insurance. So that's phenomenal. And there's a no judgment zone. That is key.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Yes. It has to be.
1: Awesome. Love it. I know you have on site labs, but do you have larger labs? that provide um, crown and bridge and veneers and things like that for those
3: yes so we have preferred network of labs in fact uh, night dental is included yeah i was hoping so okay
1: <laughs> yes <laughs> i would love to do that i mean i'm not sure we are but i would love to so I'm, I'm interested maybe you and i can talk offline but you know to where we give you know the crowns you know at no cost and you know a part of that that's that's a big part of our mission as well
2: hmm that's amazing
3: we we definitely do have those um those labs preferred labs that provide um the crown and bridge and bridget i think you alluded to it with the valplast and Mm -hmm. the works and things like that
0: well a lot of what you hear when it comes to dso's is it's all about numbers and them trying to sell so many restorations in a certain month in order to meet quota does aspen do that is that even on the table
2: there is some of that but it's more kind of about getting patients the treatment that they need in a time frame that makes sense you know for everyone we don't want to keep cases there are a lot of times where i'll you know put cases through they'll be ready to go and then they'll just sit in the cabinet and so i mean the only real push for that that i see is just getting patients to come in you know get them in we've got their case sitting here in the cabinet don't make them wait we try to expedite things But that's really more for the benefit of the patient. I mean, it's in their best interest. Most of our patients want things turned around as quickly as possible. Well, sure. Right. So we try to do that as much as we can. But generally, that happens on its own. You know, patients come in, like I say, because they want that quick turnaround. It really tends to happen that way.
3: For us, the focus is patients and our team without the support and help of you know, a developed team, it's hard to optimize that care. And so in being a sport organization, that's providing those resources to every member of the team through their development to enhance overall their experience, but definitely the patient's experience. And is it a business? It definitely is a business like going to, you know, my tailor or going to my grocery store or sure. it may be. Um, it's definitely a business, but what sets the mark for how well or successful an organization our business is going to be is the people and the focus on the people. So for our people, we're focused on the patients and we're focused on developing our people. So hopefully that answers your question.
0: No, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful. So you guys mentioned in an email we had going back and forth a while ago, that's your annual Jamaica trip. So what's this all about? I want to go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll we'll consider that for the next trip because we we hope to have this um next year. So essentially since 2013 or so We have had annual outreach trips, and we've gone to Haiti every year except for last year. We've gone to countries like Tanzania, Peru, and it's been amazing because, again, this is something that the people in our organization wanted to give back, not just domestically through our Healthy Mouth Movement program, but also abroad to those communities where we know they're disenfranchised or they have no access to care unless they're of a certain socioeconomic place. And so this Jamaica outreach um, trip is one perfect example. It's gonna take place in July, um, which we're actually already in July. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm still in June. Um, (laughs) It's July 21st to the 28th. And um, it's a, a group of individuals that were selected for this trip. So we had a process of applications and you know, contacting references and finding out who they are and how they are and why they would be such an asset to this trip. And uh, Bridget was one of the lab techs that was selected. So she's actually the only lab tech on this particular trip. And we're going to have- Wow. You're going to be busy. I know. I'm I'm ready. Ready? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So we have 12 individuals, I believe. Let's see, there's nine doctors, including myself. And for the first time in Aspen history we're partnering with Jamaica Dental Mission which will have close to it could be anywhere from 50 to 70 volunteers that will be providing care in Montego Bay Jamaica so it's it's how we are able to take our healthy mouth movement beyond us and now look at those type of partnerships to enhance providing you know access to care
0: wow Bridget tell me how do you prepare I want to thank Bridget and Anita for telling us about Aspen and all they do to service patients in need. This interview was actually recorded back in early July and they have since gone on the mission trip to Jamaica that we start to talk about in this interview. So
1: exciting. I saw the pictures on Facebook. It was really amazing. Talk about a third world country and just digging in and doing what you need to do to help people and doing what you love. Uh, Really inspiring.
0: Yeah, I actually got to meet Bridget in person at the triathlon, so I know she made it through the mission trip. Awesome. But with her permission, she allowed me to put some of her photos up on this episode's page. So make sure you head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com, and there's a couple pictures up there of the amazing setting she was in uh, during this mission trip. All right. We're constantly looking for ways to make us easier to be heard. So not only can you hear us on podcast apps and YouTube – but starting this week we are now on spotify good job yeah spotify is a pretty cool app for music and it's also got podcasts so if you know someone that's got that app tell them about voices from the bench
1: i'll do it awesome well done
0: even though the race is over you can still get a voices from the bench t-shirt And still, all the profits go to the Foundation for Dental Laboratory Technology. So head over to VoicesFromTheBench.com and click on the link, get yourself a t-shirt, and spread the word.
1: And you know what? There were so many people even that put it on Facebook. What was the laboratory that had like six people and they put them on Facebook, Uh, technicians? Do you remember?
0: Summit Dental Lab here in Waco, Texas. Yeah.
1: Summit Dental Lab. We should give them a shout
0: out. Absolutely. They bought a shirt for everybody in their Aww. lab. So super thank you to you guys for supporting the show.
1: And Matt and Martha Martin and Gary Yacko. Who else
0: had our shirts on? My favorite it was when Chris Bormus oh, yeah, walked in so late cool. the first day for the NADL board meeting when everybody's dressed up and he walks in sporting a Voices from the Bench t-shirt.
1: Yeah, you got to like the support we're getting. It's pretty neat.
0: Yeah, big props to yep. Chris Bormus. I yep. appreciate that. Don't forget that the foundation is raffling off a Harley-Davidson motorcycle for $25 a ticket. All you got to do is buy a raffle ticket for a chance to win. Head over to org and buy a bunch of tickets to better your yes, odds. Yes,
1: please do. That's an amazing motorcycle with a lot of history. It's going to be
0: one lucky winner. All right, join us next week for part two of the Aspen interview. Yep, happy Labor Day. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
1: I had a glass of wine, so I'm ready.
0: I
3: had a a cough drop, so.